I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I'd like to take his his face off. Oh, no, not the beat! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. And welcome back to Cage Old Question, where we ask, is Nicolas Cage the greatest actor alive? I'm Artoon, and this is my wife-to-be, Christina. Hello. And on this show, we watch the entire film catalog of Nicolas Cage in chronological order, working our way through 40 years of cinema. As a disclaimer, this is a personal podcast not affiliated with any other third parties, and the opinions expressed herein are strictly our own. For today's episode, we are reviewing the 1999 film 8 Millimeter. It is written by Andrew Kevin Walker, who has disowned the film. And you might recognize him, uh, Andrew Kevin Walker, as the guy who wrote the screenplay for Seven and Sleepy Hollow. The film is directed by Joel Schumacher. Schumacher, known for directing the Batman sequels, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, as well as Phantom of the Opera. Um, We watched this in New Jersey, so if you hear any sort of interesting audio... Issues? I don't think issues, that's but the like sound if anything, of New that's Jersey. the sound of New Jersey. We watched this with my dad and my two brothers, and we'll get into how that played out. Steen, any word from our sponsors this week? Yes. So Marcus wants to promote uh, you, Artoon, and my Christina ten thousand step ten thousand steps that we've been doing. Uh, oh shoot, I don't know the book author's name. Paul Haddad. Wow. Well done. <laughs> um, Paul is the author of the. Uh, 10,000 Steps, 57 Walks Through Los Angeles Yeah, uh, that I purchased for Artoon at REI yeah. once in order to thank him it's for waiting around. It's been great. We walk around shopping. Los Angeles. It's been wonderful. Each, each walk is 10,000 steps. We've done... Let's be real. Each nine. walk is about 13 to 15,000 steps. That's true. That's true. Because <laughs> there are little side excursions <laughs> yeah. and you end up on it. But they're yeah. allegedly... Allegedly. At least a I minimum you're, yeah, of... Minimum if, you're, of if, you're keeping to the, if you're hugging the corners, yeah, it's 10,000. Yeah, taking long strides. Um, yeah. And we've done nine of the 57, and they've been really fun, and we post about it on Instagram, and uh, we've mentioned it from time to time in the podcast. I've had our listeners who are just our friends, so our friends come, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard yeah. about your walks through the pod, and Marcus wants to shine a light on what it. What a good sponsor. What a good sponsor. Uh, also, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone listening. I and hope a, you had a great Christmas. And if a you happy celebrate. Hanukkah. And a happy and Hanukkah. Other, and a blessed Yule. And many holidays. That's right. Huh? Good job, Steve. Oh! Well, without further ado, do we want to get into the plot of this? Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead? You don't have a spoiler-free? I mean a little bit. I have a little bit of a spoiler-free Well, spoiler-free, I would say. This is a 1999 neo-noir psychological thriller yeah. about a private eye and is some very grisly... Disturbing... Uh, 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 investigations through like the most grisly porno pornography mm-hmm. institutions and, and very lots of violence um and i feel like at this point it's the perfect time to say that your dad and brothers hated this movie and yes. found it very sickening yes i actually enjoyed it more than i thought i was gonna i thought okay. maybe my expectations were really low and also that sort of effect of like when someone else is really hating a movie mm-hmm. it frees you up to sort of be like maybe it's not that bad yeah um but would you recommend people watch this movie before? Here's what I'll say. Uh-huh. If you are 
Like if if you uh, liked seven, you if could you watch liked seven, this. you could watch. If this. you did not like seven, or if you do not like, if the like, honestly, like without too much of a spoiler, if like the sadism in the porn industry mm, is a trigger for you, mm. I'd say avoid this film. Nice. Um, so but pause if, here. Yeah. Check it out. Otherwise, spoilers ahead. Spoiler for Sartin. All right. Nicholas Cage plays Tom Wells, a surveillance specialist or PI. He's good at what he does, and he gets the attention of a very rich client, Mrs. Christian. Now, Mrs. Christian has found in her late husband's safe a reel of 8mm containing a snuff film. An 8mm is a type of film. Yes. N- negatives? It doesn't seem to be the It's not a negative. No, it's just the reel. Reel. Yes, film reel. Film mm-hmm. reel. And a snuff film is a, a pornographic film in which someone gets killed. Mm-hmm. Uh and when asked about it in the movie, Nicolas Cage goes, that's the stuff of urban legend. There's no real thing. It's usually makeup, FX, etc. But she asks him to verify if it was real or not. As he looks at the film, he is kind of inconclusive, but he thinks it can't be real. But I'll see if I can't track down the girl in the film to get the answer for certain. They're all kind of hoping We're all that it's hoping. not real. But it, but it is very violent. It's and very like, violent. The, and when he's first open, Let's be honest. It's a like, movie. We know it's... Unfortunately, probably going to be real. And as he begins to look for the woman in the film, a daunting journey that he begins, uh, leaving him away from his wife and child who just wants him home, uh, he heads out to try to find the girl in the film. And and I have kind of, as opposed to usually where I intro the cast within the plot, Mm. I'm just going to kind of go down like a bit of a cast list here. Joaquin Phoenix Mm. plays Max California, a porno expert, let's call him. (laughs) Catherine Keener plays Amy Wells, the wife who just wants her husband back home with their daughter, Cindy. She's terrible. She's not terrible. James Gandolfini is porn producer Eddie Poole, and Peter Stormare plays Dino Velvet, the king of the porn empire. They're both great. They're both horrible. (laughs) Uh, Horrible people, great great actors. Uh, This is 8mm. Look... (laughs) Let me, I don't know how to how to say this. Here's what I'll say. I'm glad for this podcast because let's say you're listening to this. You're like, should I watch this with my entire family? We, uh, the description on the back has very little about the horrific pornography and yeah. snuff film of it all. It's more like a plastic reel leads to a dark and twisted like corridor. And yeah. I'm like, well, that could be anything. Yeah. They were, um, th- 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 your dad and Andre was like, this looks great. Yeah, this looks like looks a great, great. movie. Yes, they were really yes. excited about IMDb it. IMDb and Letterboxd like, do not really tell you stupid. exactly what's going <laughs> yeah. on. In fact, it is a pretty dark, very grisly, a lot of like sex, sexual violence. And it's more than like sex and sexual violence. Like uh, hardcore pornography. Here's the thing. Here's the thing though. Is that I, my introduction to snuff films actually came from American Horror Story. Mm. I'm, I think it's the uh, like carnival series. Mm. Uh, anyway, it's and it's like honestly so much more graphic than what we see in this movie. And and not only like that, but like American Horror Story Hotel has one of the most graphic horrific rape scenes I've ever seen in my life. And like so our modern TV mm-hmm. and violence and stuff has really desensitized me to yeah. a lot of this. And so I actually found the movie to be pretty protective of the viewer. Like like there's there you do get desensitized to like 
I would say when we were first watching the Nicolas Cage movies and there were boobs, we were like, oh, boobs, this is a boob movie. You now, see a boob. now, well, now, all so many of his movies are set in strip clubs. And yeah. I've said this before, where like the women are backdrops, they're props, they're part of the scenery, and so are their breasts. So, like, I feel really desensitized to seeing those nipples and yeah. stuff. There was full frontal peen in the movie just there for was. a second. Um, yeah. I mean, I I was like, oh, that's unusual. Well, this but almost got the NC-17 rating. Honestly, it probably should have. And it probably should have. It's the issue is, I mean, it's it made a, a ton studio of money. Movie. It's a studio that's film. A, that's it made part a ton of, of like, money. The the logos of this movie is how it is a studio film yes. rather than an indie film. Because Roger Ebert, in his review, I believe, comments specifically about how if this was an indie film, it would, it have, would have gotten NC-17. NC-17 but and the studio's clout allows them to push for an R so they can get it out and get and some more tickets. Pretty much everyone involved was like, we cannot believe a studio is backing this project. Like, oh, yeah. it is Which is, just, it's Columbia. Or they just uh, distributed it? Uh, I thought it was Sony. Was oh, okay. it Sony? Yeah. Um, and they said it was like the most dangerous movie they've ever done. And I mean, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's, it is just really grim and dark. And like, it, there's uh, not a lot of redeemable qualities in terms of like the villains or like the the bad guys per oh yeah se. the villains are not right redeemable. like but i but, but but i think so what i like about it and what i was saying yeah. about like the meta and the protective sense of it is like like the first time we're seeing the snuff film mm-hmm. it's it's really like you're aware that it's playing and then that sort of light that comes from the film projector is is showing and then it's mostly on Nicolas Cage. Yes. So you're not really watching that. There's a couple moments where there are like <coughs> sp- splashing in some mm-hmm. like porno thought- shots which are very, yeah. very jarring when you're with yeah. your father-in-law to be and brothers-in-law to be. Yes. And everyone's like, yes. oh God. Oh God. But, they're, but I'm just like... I've seen so much worse and so much scarier that I felt a little bit protected. And I I also thought that, like, so the screenwriter, Andrew Walker, his original ending, I think, was that the Nicolas Cage character kills himself. Mm. Um, and he w- he's, like, all for the cinema of discomfort and, like, yeah. you, like, like, having these movies that you escape into terror that you get to walk away from as the audience and he doesn't like like giving any comfort i guess yeah and and in this like you have it wrap up where um there's like a letter from the mom of the victim sort of absolving him of of any uh it's not even like absolving it's just like it's almost like uh well absolving of like like you affirming affirming, but like like you couldn't do anything to stop this or anything more than you did yeah and like and he gets to sort of like like the the ending note is, is that it seems like he's gonna stay with his wife rather than she's been threatening him with divorce yes. through this whole movie yeah. like like it ends on a hopeful hopeful ish note like yes. it's okay it's well not, it's but the note it ends it on is that previously so Nicolas Cage's character Tom Wells is a real good guy. I think there's like no, no else to say it. Like he's kind of like a pure soul per se. Like he does. Yeah, his only vice is smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes and having a beer every now and again. But like he's. I don't know that the beer every now and again is a factor. Well, he has a beer in the beginning. Alan was pretty tilted that he, he comes home to his wife and kids and the first thing he does is cracks open a cold oh. one. <laughs> I feel like that's um, pretty typical when you come home from work. But Well, he's when he goes for work, he goes for like a couple of weeks at a time. 
So he's like, he's coming home to his wife and kid Alan's after being like, gone for two weeks. First. He's like, say hello to your wife and child before the beer. Oh. Okay, your priorities straight, buddy. Um, but he's a good guy. And I think before, he would have never like gone down the wormhole of evil that he finds in this film. Like the, the film ends, and I know we in this podcast we jump to the ending a lot, but it's kind of because we want to talk about like where we end up and how we got there. But the main villain in this, the guy named Machine who wears a mask the entire time and is the one in the snuff film who actually does the killing uh, with a knife. When we find out who he is, he is just like a regular Joe Schmo. His name's George. His name's George. And he, the guy's name is Chris Bauer. He's great in the um, and, he and he's plays, great in this. He's great in this. He just plays, well, it's when he has the mask on, he looks like he's going to be a really creepy, like, fucked up, like, terrible man. But when he takes it off, he's just kind of wearing, like, a button-down shirt. He puts on his glasses. He looks like an ordinary guy. And Nicolas Cage is like, why? Like, why? And he was like, I was never abused. I didn't have anything wrong with me. My parents were kind to me. I was never bullied or sexually assaulted. I do it because I like it. I like killing people. And I don't know, like, how truthful that is into the world of... People, I guess maybe this guy is just a psychopath. Um, but it's like, that haunts Nicolas Cage. I think that's like true evil, is someone who just likes killing people for the sake of killing and nothing else but the pure joy of it with no trauma to draw from. True, true. Interesting. Okay, it's tr- maybe maybe for Nicolas Cage or maybe for the film or something. I I personally don't feel like that's where true evil is because it's you have three men are yes. involved in the killing of Mary Ann. Yes. Uh, Matthews. Yes, and the, so the oh, snuff film is real. Me? No, the I'm snuff film. I'm just saying you, the snuff film yo, is real. I feel yes. like we've established yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I said the killing of her, it establishes that she's well. Killed, I'm just letting so everyone okay, know fine. it's yeah. But, okay, let go me, for it. So. <laughs> So there's a his name's James Gandolfini. Yeah, his character I find the most compelling mm-hmm. because his character is he runs Eddie Pool. Eddie Pool. He he runs a porno distribution business. I don't know. He's part of the production team, mm-hmm. and he his involvement is that he is in the room and watches yeah her die, um, and his motivation is really money. He he needs to be paid and and like mm-hmm. and then like sick curiosity of he was like i've never i was i've never seen it i had never seen anyone off before like i wanted to see it dino is uh, peter stormare did he say what his motivation was he was filming it and we don't really get it because he dies uh, earlier yeah he's a really scary creepy guy and yeah. but it would it would also seem that money is motivated because because dino and Eddie and George all split 50K to mm-hmm. kill Marianne Matthews. Mm-hmm. And then the men behind the curtain... The lawyer. ...are the lawyer mm-hmm. who was originally received a lump sum of a million dollars to procure this snuff film for his client and kept the lion's share of it mm-hmm. for himself, which comes to light. And then the client, yes, Mr. Mr. Christian, The late Mr. Christian. Mr. Christian. Not. So to me, true evil is Mr. Christian. Oh, absolutely. That's where he's like... Um, and they sort of just like go into like once you have money and power, 
you, you like you develop you can develop a sick fantasy into how can you exploit that like what mm-hmm. what are the like the worst things you can do and he's the one who derives sexual pleasure from yes. having this and he he is the driving force yes, yes. He, he is, is pure evil he is pure evil and he is the proximate cause yes. for her death the dino is really an evil guy too yeah George, I'm like, he's a psychopath. If he wasn't abused, he was just born that way, and yes. he needs medical help. He needs, like, like he needs to, to me, down. that's not true evil. <laughs> I don't agree with that. And he I, takes I out Max California. He kills Max California, It's folks. awful, but I'm it's just awful. saying, I'm he just saying, in, in, okay, sure, in the, if you want to go into the movie world, fine, but in the general sense, wow. I have had people have really significant conversations with me that have helped me change my mind around, like, psychopaths sociopaths even pedophiles like Uh you can help them with medication and therapy and like certain practices all to say that that's not true evil to me like Mm -hmm. true evil is when you weren't born with it and you become it like i think mr christian sort of is obviously i don't have all the details and i'm layering that in but Uh i just felt like i find it easier to swallow when the answer is just that they're a psychopath. Yeah. But. I guess. Like they're just so mentally different. Um, like I think they're out of control. I don't know that they're is in control. But I don't know. I, I, see, yeah. I see you having real discomfort with I'm this. A, and I don't, I, I don't want to yeah, press on it. But I would just say I would to, to, to slightly veer still on this. But, but to veer is that the Eddie character is the very significant turning point for Nicolas Cage's yes. character, where he's yes. formerly just been a good guy, a PI who has a gun, but doesn't yes. seem to ever use it or or ever resort to violence, I don't yes. think. And Unless it's like, to, he's he tries to, they catch him at some point and he tries to flee. And in doing so at some point, he pushes someone into a pool, which was oh, yeah. a fantastic maneuver on his part. Fantastic. Like he kind of double backed and then he pushed him into a pool, which was great. But like, he's never the one starting violence or, yeah. or doing it like uh when he's not fleeing yeah and but so to eddie he he abducts him uh-huh. he uh ties him up he beats him up and then he uh asks he calls marianne's mother janet um in well he's the most... before he's gonna shoot him and he can't yeah he's gonna oh yeah he's gonna shoot him he can't uh eddie is unbelievably cool at the end of the barrel of a gun. Like, he's got a gun to his head and he's just being extremely, like, I was impressed. It's a movie. The point is, is that then he gets permission from the mom to beat him to death with the, the mom the, of, And this is a very the ambiguous, mom of, The mom of the girl. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. The mom of Marianne. Yeah, I just said that. No, you didn't. Know. You just said the mom. I said the mom because I had just <laughs> 10 seconds earlier to this. I'm just helping, there's only, there's a, okay, I'm just helping, I'm helping people out. Yeah, the mom. So, the mom of the dead girl, Janet, Nicholas Cage calls her. They have a very weird whispering phone conversation that I is probably going to dock a full point from my Nicholas Cage rating at the end of this. <laughs> um, and then he goes back in and beats Eddie to death with the barrel of his gun. And I'm uh, to me, I'm like, that's really bad, violent. Like, that's the premeditated. Like, that's worse than what Eddie did, in my opinion. What? No. Eddie, Eddie had Dude, to die. I don't know. I don't... Yes. I, Look, Christina, there's certain points in revenge that must be done. Because Eddie had no remorse for what he did. Eddie was celebrating what he did. He had no remorse for Marianne. And he pleasured in the fact that it happened. He said he was 
he was like, it was sick. Not like sick cool. He was like, it was disgusting. But he was like, he seemed like he's like, and I would do it again. Like he's like, I, it didn't matter to me. She doesn't matter. A human life doesn't matter to me. And he, like that sentiment that even when like it was push comes to shove, that's how he felt. Like he had to be killed. Hmm. Our friend Dorian would be like, no, like there's always a path of remorse. And I'm like, I guess I'm also like, no, I don't think he had to die. I don't think, I don't think the death sentence made sense for Eddie. The death sentence made sense for Eddie. Absolutely. He deserved to die and I'm glad he died with a bludgeon. All right. (laughs) Well, um. Like what do you, what, well, what would happen to Eddie? What do you think? What's your hope? I don't know. Well, answer. No, you have to. (laughs) <laughs> I have to. Yeah, I'm I getting mad. To. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm like getting heated. What do we do with him instead? I mean, I mean, like, here's my thing. It's like I'm an abolitionist, so I, so you're not I'm, I'm prison. against the prison industrial <laughs> okay. complex, and 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 through that, I'm also against the police. I don't uh-huh. like the police, so I don't necessarily want to get the police involved. And if, if we're working within the hypothetical of the movie, is that uh, the widow? Asked him not to make any copies yes. of the snuff film. Yes. Um, and he doesn't. I thought. Uh-huh. I definitely thought at one point he would have, but he he, he doesn't. He doesn't. And um, it, they like don't want to involve the police at first because they are like Correct. there's there's a matter of reputation. Yes. To uphold. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, Nicholas Cage is telling her like we should go to the police. She agrees, but then she, but she kills, kills herself. herself. Coward. Pre- coward. Well, well, to presumably to avoid the reputation and and. Like she's so devastated, but it, but but because she kills, like she was the only other person to have seen yeah, the film, the only and other so, witness. so it's the so it makes it impossible to prosecute. So, exactly, so that's so why we've, I'm saying we've, we've 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 yeah we've we've closed the door towards any of our traditional uh, criminal legal yes. system avenues. Yeah. So in terms of like you know what what gouges eyes out, I would say if you just watched, that's would be your punishment. Okay. Okay. Hey. <laughs> so I guess this is my... You were like... It's not that violence isn't the answer. No, it's just no. Like, it's where just the killing was us? a little too far. He went... Because okay. you also... That's part of like... Like what you learn in law school about murder is like part of the degrees of murder are like if you act in the heat of passion, uh-huh. it is a much lesser sentence and it is more forgivable and understandable versus what Nicolas Cage actually does is that he... He is working himself up into this sense of justice and like wants mm-hmm. to shoot him and can't. Uh-huh. And then he calls the mom and works himself up more into the emotion uh-huh. and then goes into it. It's very much premeditated. He works himself into the murder. Like like that's that's <laughs> really not allowed. That, um, that's in the eyes of the law, though. Sure, and also in my eyes, I would say mm. that's where that's where I start to go. Like like like. Like here's what I'm like here's what I'm saying, oh, right? Oh, like oh. like if I'm putting myself in the Nicolas Cage position. Oh. Okay. I'm a private investigator. I come across a young woman and I would say I am one of the few people on this podcast who is a champion for women. Right. Okay. I find out that this girl has gone missing and it's one of those things where she goes to Hollywood. She goes to California to like try to strike gold and like you know make her dreams and you slowly find out over time that she was completely taken advantage of and it's not like she was like like she was promised that she was going to become a big uh like a a big star or something mm-hmm. she doesn't know any better she's from like a nowhere town in Pe- Pennsylvania and then they basically just take her give her a bunch of like pills and drugs and then kill her 
Mm-hmm. And if I'm doing this and I'm like, this poor woman just went out. These guys drugged her and just killed her. Just nothing. And this guy shows no remorse. I don't think I'm a killer, but I think I would be driven to it. But I guess guess what I'm still saying is like all you described was the whole setup for what you think would be your emotional driving force. And it's not enough for Nicolas Cage. He has to call the mom and get her to encourage him and stuff. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's the line I'm saying is drawn. If, 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 if he had just if, shot her, if, him? If in, yes, if in the moment the guy is saying, like, I don't care, like, whatever, I buried it in the woods and it doesn't matter because girls like her disappear and no one cares. Yeah. And then you just shoot him point blank See, for, I do for think running I would just his shoot mouth. Him. I do think I would just shoot that, him point blank. That, to me, though. is more, like, understandable because it's a, it's a flash moment of anger, whatever. Like, slowly beating someone to death with the back of a gun after you really thought about it is really grisly. Is really grisly. But you're and saying, like, really thought about it, like... I think he's yeah, still it's, it's in not, the heat not, of the it's moment. It's not a premeditated, I know, evokes a certain sense of like a lot of planning and stuff, and he is in the heat of the moment. But I'm telling you, when you walk away and have time to make a phone call and come back and switch up your weapon, like you've thought about it. Like it's just, it to, to me, it's just, but the thing is, is that I don't think it's like, I don't think it takes away from the movie. Sure, I'm just sure, saying sure, in sure. my personal sense of justice, I was like, ah. but I think, I think it works with like, he like he has been uh, poisoned by this environment yes. that he has entered into. Yes, yes, and, yes absolutely. And violence is. Wow. Like, I now I'm like honestly. You see, this is more like I'm like if it was like if he was more of like a mythical character, he would gouge his eyes out and maybe cut off the guy's hands mm. and be like, "You must now walk the earth blinded and you know without without your hands." Mm-hmm. And maybe honestly, cut his dick off too. Yeah, maybe. Because we also, I mean, th- 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 to be fair, Eddie is, he's not a good guy. Like, no, no, we no. see him taking advantage of other girls, yeah, yeah, yeah. too. Like, he's not a good guy. He's not a good honestly, guy. Honestly, like, the world is probably a better place without him in. I'll say it. Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying, yes. I'm not here saying porn is the worst thing in the world and anyone involved in it. But he's from, like, a like the business that he is particularly involved in. He seems to be taking advantage of a lot of girls. Well, here's... Okay, it's interesting <laughs> that you mentioned porn. Because just to get into the ethics of porn a little bit is, like... Like, I believe... I definitely believe you can create ethical porn. Mm-hmm. I believe the majority of porn out there is not ethically yes. created. And definitely and, not in this and film. Defi- <laughs> but what's interesting is that is that... At the beginning of it and at the start of his investigation, everyone is like, snuff films are not real. Yeah. And like, and part of what that does is it creates a sheen. You know, the word patina comes up in this movie, which means like a muddy aura. So Mm. like over, over, um, like giving credit to the creators of the porn that it is actually pretend. That Mm. it's fine to consume this very violent content because... I can tell myself everybody's consenting and professionals mm-hmm. here or whatever. Like, yeah. I can tell myself it's pretend versus, like, what they end up uncovering and and what is, like, the reality of it is that it is literal rape and torture and, it's and horrible. violence. Yeah. And it's horrible. Yeah. It's very scary. And here's the other thing about, I think, why I found this movie easier to take than some of the other ones is, like, the violence on women is a little distorted and protected. It's always, like, through an, an there's a, a filter of, it's, like, on a TV or being projected or something. Yeah, and it's, it's usually not really grainy. And, it's usually yeah. grainy. It's not happening, like, in the scene, yeah. per se. And the other thing is, like, 
you pick up at the end when he's when he's been uh, the Nicolas Cage character thinks he is gonna be able to get all the bad guys together and it, it, under the pretense of making a film with them. Yeah. And instead, the bad guys are like, "Great, we've got you now." Yeah. Um, and when he shows up to the location. There's no women. He yes. had asked for women in the movie. There's no women. I immediately was like, where are the women? Yeah. He also is like, where are the women? And they're like, women are late well, or whatever. Dino. Dino, who is such a sleazebag. Like, he's so scary. Eddie's more like, he's like, I'm in the business. And like, Dino's like, bada bing, bada boom. Well, it's you funny because it's like, Eddie's like the businessman yeah. side of the grind ball. And Dino's like, I'm the artist. I'm yes. the vision behind... Yeah. The sick he after Nicolas Cage pays him for he says I'll give you five thousand dollars to make this special movie for me he says um I think I wrote it down here uh he tries to take a, a picture of Nicolas Cage or like get some footage of oh, him yeah. and Nicolas Cage puts the camera down and then he says you trust me to take your money but not your picture uh, and he goes two different kinds of trust. It was great. And the lead in line to that, too, was that he was also telling him, he was like, you have a very special, beautiful face. Yes. The way the light hits it and shines. Like, yeah. that's what he was like, I want to film it. And that's where yeah. he says, I'm camera shy. And they go yeah. into that. And I was like, he does have a beautiful, special yes. face. And I, think, and I love the way light shines that's on right. it. And I think also part of, like, saying, like, oh, and the light shines off your face, like, in that way. Like, it's a way of saying, like, you are the good boy. Like, you're... The light hitting your face is shining. You are the white. I, I don't know. I like, I can appreciate, I can accept you saying that. I don't agree with okay. it, but I think that's fine. Um, but what I was saying about the him, there's, yes. no women, there's no women, is that in, in the climactic violence of the film, there's no women around. It's all, yes. it's a room full of men yeah. and there is still the threat of torture and rape, but it is a room full of men. For me, I think that's what made it easier to watch, honestly, of like, of like you gentlemen were all watching it and were really sickened and I'm like usually it's women yeah. it's usually this That's sort of threat point. is on women characters and for once it was a relief and I was able to like watch and be more interested in the thriller aspect of it yeah. that I'm not like oh god like well, it's still so it was scary, so scary and intense and like like um I would say emotional and also before I, I'm getting a little excited and there are still plenty of moments in this movie that are like like Nicolas Cage kind of does kind of like a frog voice on the phone and like it I felt like was very condescending sometimes when he was talking to his wife like I'm not, bit, I'm, yeah. this isn't a perfect film or or a great film but it is a film it's I a would film say. it's a film I mean it's also like so Max California a little let's talk a little Joaquin Phoenix and, mm. and how he comes to his grisly end in that. Mm. Uh, sequence he once Nicolas Cage kind of like I mean this is actually this was crazy <laughs> he's trying to find out information on this girl who he's able to locate the name of the girl by looking through combing through a vast database of missing persons is able to find her hard copies it's not a, you copies. say database it is a paper it's database a paper data, yes he gets it he's able to go talk to the to Marianne's mother and he gets some information there that she must may have left for Hollywood because he finds a hidden journal. Then he just goes to Hollywood without a single lead. He just goes to Hollywood. We're in Hollywood. No, no, no. He goes, he, 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 through the letter, he finds out she was going with the boyfriend. He visits a boyfriend in prison. Boyfriend in prison says, I don't know, she's probably working at a titty bar. So he goes to Hollywood and he starts just like combing oh, yes. strip clubs. He strip clubs, and then acting classes. he goes to the um, like porno store. Yes, he, yes. He, where, where Joaquin Phoenix where works. Where Joaquin Phoenix works. And they have a bit of a back and forth banter. 
And once Nicolas Cage realizes, okay, the porno world, I think, is the route to go in terms of finding this girl. Mm -hmm. He basically enlists Joaquin's help um, to be his, like, his porno expert. Mm -hmm. And Joaquin's just playing, like, I don't know, a fun guy. I know you don't like him that much, but this was kind of before he became, you know, Joaquin Phoenix. That's, like, he was definitely, I'm not saying he wasn't big in the 90s, Mm -hmm. but, like, the Joaquin Phoenix we know now today was not the same Joaquin Phoenix in 1999. So I was interested to hear... What do you think of his performance? He's fine. I I don't like him. Something some, that's just personal taste. Um, but I thought he was fine in this. Yeah. I I didn't. I he must have done a good job because you, you weren't actively rooting. I wasn't against actually him. rooting against him, which usually yeah. if I don't like a person, I start really. So there you go. So, so he probably did good. He probably did great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they he helps out all the time, and he even goes to New York with him with Nicolas Cage as they're figuring things out. And then Nicolas Cage, Tom Wells is like, hey buddy, you got to get out of here. I'm going to pay you like a good chunk of change here for your services. Here's a plane ticket. Like you got to get out. And he doesn't get out and he stays probably to try to help. And the bad guys catch him and they use him as leverage for Nick to get Nicholas Cage to go and get the eight millimeter film for them to destroy. And he's like, okay, like here's the film. But before I give it to you, you have to let him go. And machine unties one hand and then just slits his throat, and he just falls over. Yeah, because what is Dino? It says something like, "Like yeah, machine set him free." Yeah, and then he kills him, and it's like Whew. it was. I guess it was. It's not that I was shocked in the sense of like so many times when it's like trade me this yeah. for the for yeah, the person. Yeah, I mean it's obvious. Like it's 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 coming from a mile away, but you don't want it to happen. You don't want and to it's it. so quick. It's so and quick. It's, I think that's what it is. Yeah, it just it just happens. Like yeah. there's no lead up to it. They're not like sometimes the camera lingers and you're like oh he's about to die yeah it doesn't linger you think he's gonna get untied pushed forward and then he's gonna get like killed and stabbed in the back yeah 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 like that's what you're expecting more violently like the the fact that is minimal is part of what makes it so So violent and it is scary of like and then in the rest of the background for the for this scene he's like because he's sort of been tied to it's like a crucifix in front of a a, a target board yeah and he's still mostly tied and so he's just like bent over and you see it in the back and like that's such a quick death, and then you get you also get another death, very interesting death in that scene where Dino takes a stray bullet right past his jugular, <laughs> um, and he he starts he starts murmuring and saying things. He was like he was like this is wrong. Oh God, not like this. And he's <laughs> and it's crazy. And um, uh-huh. but that that's also like the Cage character does the very clever move to turn the enemies on each other by yes. revealing the money. Yeah, because the lawyer gets shot in the heart with is crossbow. Is it silly how whenever we're watching these like dumb movies, I'm mentally taking notes for like D&D campaigns. I'm like, oh. That's an that'd interesting be a D&D character. <laughs> be... No, that's good. No, that's... no, I mean like if you're ever tied up and there's, oh, there's multiple yes. enemies trying to turn the enemies on no, each other to give smart. yourself ways out. Because the DMs, the dungeon masters will respect that kind Absolutely. of play. I think that's very smart. Very good. Like and he's, good. throughout the movie, the Tom Wells, Nicholas Cage character is like, so, has very high charisma stats, I would say, because he's yes. very confident and quick to lie and make up very oh. believable accounts to get information out of people. He does. Like, to, to the victim's mom, he's like, uh, didn't your FBI agent, like, tell you that I was going to be coming over to speak to her? And she was like, no. And I was like, that FBI agent is doing such a bad job. And then realized, oh, he's lying. He's lying. Well, he's, it's, uh, it's, it's, he even goes, it's, this is exactly what he does. He goes, 
I was actually speaking with your FBI your agent. And she feels, and she she's feels like it Nathan and he's like, that's yeah, right, yeah, Nathan, yeah. yes. It's so, it's so good. good. So he does that. There's a yeah. there's two more I'm going to call out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he basically realizes James Gandolfini, uh, Eddie, like he's like, he's pretty sure he's involved because he shows him a picture of the girl. Yeah. And I mean... Eddie reacts. Be, he Eddie take, reacts. He, he like reacts by not reacting. He looks at it so hard. I mean, James Gandolfini yeah. does a great job a great in that job scene by just like long hard look and then look away going like I've never seen See, they, get out it, yeah, like, like get out. very and it's yeah. the thing is is I was like yeah I guess if I killed someone six years ago and I was like very confident that no one would ever show up to be like you know this girl and then suddenly like you don't forget that if you watch someone die yeah. and it's probably like, really maybe one of her. the only people that you've seen die mm-hmm. and someone shows you a picture I'd be like <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh shit <laughs> um, but he so he realizes so he calls without saying who it is and he's like I know what he's basically well, it sounds he's plan- like he's planted a, uh, a uh, tracking um, recording device yeah, trace it he can bug he bugged his phone he bugged his phone yes and so he can hear any conversations he has afterwards and basically he's like I think if I press him he spooks him he, he calls him, him says I know what you did waits and then the guy of course immediately calls who it turns out to be Dino. Yes. Which is, I mean, it's a classic move. It's a of classic like, move. Of like, let me tell you, if you've ever committed a crime, yes. somebody calls you to accuse you of it, you got to find a different phone number or a different yes. way to yes. contact that person or like, wait, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo does this really well mm. where they, they build in more yeah. like delays and stuff because it's... It's Ooh. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, sorry. I, I, think, I, I hijinked I'm, you. We're no, trying okay. to disclose that. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. It's also, I think Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, another movie I don't think my family would like. Yeah, um, I love. And we true love. Uh, he's, his final, like, really good lying sequence is he stabs Machine in the stomach. Yes. When he's trying to get out. Machine doesn't die. The final confrontation in this is Machine v. Tom Wells, um, which I want to get into because I think the well, suspense like they built oh, yeah. into this is really good, um, like, cinematically. Uh, but... He calls a bunch of hospitals, goes, hi, this is Lieutenant so-and-so from the 13th Precinct, and I was just wondering if you had a patient come in with, with a, a, abdomen a, a, an abdomen and yeah. an abdomen stabbing, uh, gave us a fake name and we need to whatever. Yeah. And I was reading online that a hospital would not give that even if it is a police, but I was like, well, in this movie, it works good. It was good, and good. It, in the other thing, um, the way that it does work, I'm not remembering the name, but there was a notorious prisoner who would... Uh, coordinate with the police for like uh special privileges and really and uh-huh. but what he would do is he would call other police stations impersonating a police officer get details from the case about them and then like re-offer it to the different police and like spread it around and like oh my god and like and and how this was pre like modern like phone tracking systems and stuff and and procedures i think have made this impossible Obsolete. but like it used to be you could call up and pretend to be a police officer oh, yeah. and get information before uh people. before what's that called uh when you see who dials you what's caller id caller id <laughs> um the movie all basically leads up to nicholas cage like he's already killed eddie and he's like and there's only like we just have to kill machine like that's kind of He's now in the mindset, he's fully like, I got to kill him. Especially with Eddie, you have to watch. We saw Machine just, like, he saw him kill his friend, Max Hollywood. And we're at this point where <laughs> where it is, it is... Uh, There's no evidence. There's no Does hope. he know that she... That Miss Christian killed herself? Yes. So, he, so the, yeah, there's, there's no... no evidence. No, there's no hope for... 
uh, sorry, you just yeah, keep saying no evidence, go, go, go. but I'm trying to list you the go. no yeah, evidence. Yeah, there's it. no, there's no like, like she wouldn't be a good witness because she doesn't have firsthand knowledge of a lot of things, but she would have firsthand knowledge that the there was a film that existed mm-hmm. because there's also no film because at this point they yes. burned it <laughs> and he didn't make any copies yeah. and they have at no point gone to the police and also Eddie makes fun of him for being like, dude, you sat on evidence. Like yeah. you think the police are going to help you without yeah. repercussions? Like, yeah. Um, so, so it is like he has much more been backed into a corner yeah. of being without recourse. I think yeah. by the time he's coming up to George and George's mom's house. Yeah. He gets to the house. He stakes it out for a second. They waits for right George's mom. Right next door to the graveyard. Yes. George's mom leaves. Gets on a yellow school bus to go to some, some church. old church. Yeah. It's yes. like a church gathering. Yes. He puts on his killer gloves or like his like silencer. Uh, his silencer gloves. He he enters the home through the basement and there's music playing and it's on a record player and then it just skips and then it just keeps skipping and this is all continuous. Just him going up slowly, checking each room. He goes into the room where it's skipping and there's something about like a steady beat that is even scarier. I think sometimes thrillers, the way the music works is like it builds. Or like it layers it. You you early on in the movie were like, God, I feel nervous. And I was like, they're playing creepy music. Yes. You went creepy vibes. And I was like, they're, they're, they're doing music. that. But yeah, this. In this one, it's. The absence. The absence is- of like something speeding up. Like I think in like, it's like. You're like, no, okay, someone's about to turn the corner. It just doesn't... The telltale it doesn't, heartbeat under the floorboards. Yes. It's, it's like. so much scarier. And then it, at some point, it just starts again. And so you're like, he, well, you know he's, he's in the house. He starts going down the stairs like he's going to yeah. check the next level. But then the music begins again, which is on that same level. Yes. Turns around, goes back. The fight begins. The fight begins. We're flying out of windows. We're flying we're, out of windows. We're going we're out. We're in the, the graveyard. We get the reveal that he's just a normal guy and he's a real big weirdo. And he says a really scary line to... This was what was so creepy is they tussle, they fight, Nicholas Cage loses his gun, it's kicked away, a George Machine has a knife, knife to Nicholas Cage's throat, and then he really lowers himself down on yeah, top of Nicholas Cage and is really laying on top of him and asks, like, says, you feel how hard I am? And it's like, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible and it is like one of those like this is where i'm like this movie gives me a lot to chew on and think about is like nicholas cage is a 6-1 big guy baddie he's been like sex symbol like we've seen him be villain hero all these things and he's being sexually assaulted yeah at knife point horrible. in this scene and like and it's like it, it's just like the man on man creepy violence is is Horrible and not often explored. Not often explored. Um, and then yes. after it, it's such a traumatic experience for him. He, he comes home and he starts like sobbing. He looks at his baby. Well, first he goes to the hospital because he is stabbed in the stomach. He goes to the hospital. <laughs> You're so right. He rolls out on the emergency parking lot like right in yes. front of there. Gets stitched up, returns home. But then when he when he sees his baby girl, Cinderella, he like... this is Here's the thing. I don't like when you use fathers having daughters as ways to make men have empathy for women. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can have empathy for women without having a daughter. Yeah. Um, but I do think that this that that scene was so good. Like Nicolas yes. Cage does a really like like 
gut-wrenching, like, squeaky sob and yeah. slaps a hand over his face and, like, his yeah. fingers are sort of contorted like it is. And then he's walking down the hall and he's, like, wailing. Like, really, yeah. like, like, I've seen... You are it's doing horrible, cry like that. And horrible. it's very sad, but it's, like... Sad. I, I, it's again, like, I'm one of the few people who... who support women on this podcast and i don't have a daughter i have two sons lenny and pepper (laughs) my two cats (laughs) um i want to say at the end of this movie my brother alan says this movie is the most disgusting movie i've ever seen if i could give it zero stars i would but I can't. I can only give it a half star. And let me tell you, I'm going to go to every movie I've rated a half star in the past and move it up to one star so that there's only one half star movie in my docket. And it's this. One of the worst films I've ever seen. He was... He was... He and was... then he went downstairs to play Spider-Man, the new Miles Morales one, which he's beat 100%. So there's no missions. But he just went to go beat up thugs because he was like... I, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> Very much like Nicolas Cage. Very much Doesn't know what like else Nicolas to do other than beat up thugs. He also said, I, he was also like, this movie shouldn't have been called 8mm. It should have been called The Sickening. <laughs> <laughs> um, other hot takes from your brothers that I really enjoyed while we were watching this movie. Um, one was when uh, Nicolas Cage arrives in Los Angeles, Hollywood. And for whatever reason, they chose to play this like Arabic like high intense music andre starts chortling yeah and says it's like they went to egypt like it kind of is that's the vibe that you would think would be transitioning to yeah um and shout out to andre for being a upenn alum which is what they they say uh tom wells is in this movie um, and in that same scene, I'm just going to say that they say, they're like, oh, you have you have friends in high influential places. And uh, the Nicolas Cage character goes, I've been privileged to provide services for people I admire. Mm. Which I was like, that is such a cool thing to say. And I also feel like is something he would also say about his film career as mm-hmm. well. And um, you just mentioned that he went to Hollywood in mm-hmm. this uh, La La Land. We see in Hollywood, I remember, if you remember, I, I think it was either the last movie or the movie before that, we see the symphony billboard mm-hmm. for oh, the, yeah. the orchestra. Oh. Um, and that's still up. We see a billboard for Angeline I in this. I was looking down and doing my notes. Right. And we couldn't, we see, this, was, this was the part of the trouble of like watching, I loved watching with your dad and your brothers other than it was a horrible movie to watch with your dad and your brothers, um, is, is that... When we're at home watching you and me, we can do like the back fifteen on yes. the remote, rewatch certain scenes. This Bob like changes the input right before we're gonna we're, he, we're starting the movie, chaos. and he just changes it in the a couple <laughs> minutes, and he just mutes the movie for a moment. At some point, the volume <laughs> goes so loud, and then he's like, "This is like, what you want," and we're like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I miss the Angelique billboard, but, but it's there. But it's there, and it's that's there. an LA staple. LA staple. That's amazing. Um, people were not jazzed. I couldn't ask movie. for subtitles. Was you my other no, no, thing. No, no, no. There's no way. You texted me and I was like, don't, don't, You're don't like, even, hush. it'll be over. Uh, people, critics didn't really love this movie, even though it made uh, double its, it made like box 90 million success. Ball, box office success. Um, but Roger Ebert, he said, it's nasty, it's dark, but I like it. Yeah. Three stars. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, I, I liked what he was saying about it too. And, and he also described it as a, uh, 
the hero of Nicolas Cage, an ordinary man who finds himself able to handle violent situations. Yeah. And I think that's, we've, because we previously keep contextualizing Nicolas Cage's roles as like ordinary guy in over his head versus uh, like psycho, psycho yeah. guy or whatever. And now we are transitioning into ordinary guy capable of violence yes is like is, which i think is, is really where he goes is really where he goes and is really a strong motif for nicholas cage but it's also weird that at the same time like i've said before we're transitioning into his characters have a wife and a baby yes like they were the prego wife like it's yeah. weird to watch him age it's weird and cool and interesting to watch yeah. him age in hollywood and seeing what accessories hollywood thinks he needs yeah for him to be like a well even in or if he's like just growing into those roles i don't know yeah well even in terms of aging and seeing him grow like uh, i kept thinking of kiss of death in the sense that in kiss of death he is playing the bad guy who's like wearing the like sweatsuit which is kind of the dino character here yeah and i think we really praised his performance in kiss of death and how he like he made that that movie was him when he was on and i think yes is dino more dynamic to watch in this than nicholas cage yes but I think if we're comparing apples to apples, David Caruso could not lead Kiss of apples Death. Apples to Apples is huge. That's great, Arjun. David Caruso yes. can't oh my lead God. Kiss of Death. But Nicolas Cage still is like able to just lead this movie. Even if at any if at a moment with another actor, he's not the more interesting guy to watch. Yeah. He's totally interesting to watch and is still like able we're able to follow his journey through this. Whoa. Without being like boring, which Kiss of Death, when he wasn't on screen, Nicolas Cage, yeah. we're like Jeez, yeah. snooze fest. <laughs> wow, great point, Arjun. I'm thank so you. Impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. Um, because it is it is easier to get accolades for playing the weirdo. Yes, and mm-hmm. and tension and, and yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it I think that's more... what's brilliant about this is that we know Nicolas Cage can play the weirdo and go crazy. He like, I guess his crazy in this is we see him the rage build up and he like you know he's he gets violent towards the end, but he's not like. Doing but that's why like, he's been driven mad yes. when he's like acting crazy. Yes, he's not doing a weird accent or a weird walk or like, you know, a weird something. He's just kind of, he starts playing it real straight. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I I feel like I'm like looking through my notes of specific Nicolas Cage moments and there's the scene with Joaquin where he tells him like, don't call me Pops. Yeah. And, but then that ends up being, I think what it's like, Joaquin is more of like a son figure because he yeah. does call him Pops from time to time and then that's why it's like it's so, sad. so sad at the end and like he, uh, I wrote down like haunted watching. Like, yes. like part of, oh, did this ever resolve? It felt like someone was watching Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I think... Oh, maybe it was the lawyer. It, it was the lawyer. Which, the lawyer. by the way, when the lawyer is revealed in the that scary scene, Shock. Dino says "Satan ex machina." Wow. Which usually you say "Deus ex yeah. machina" for God in the machine, and it usually refers yeah. to when you have like a trope where where you you just need the story to continue or be propelled or something. So like an act of God might occur or propel or something. And here Satan, the lawyer, the attorney is the, is the guiding force, which also I will say is, is really unrealistic in my opinion of, Mm. of your, uh, if you are a very rich person and you have your attorney is like your personal attorney, you would not ask your attorney 
you wouldn't be able to ask your attorney to commit crimes on your behalf. You would want your attorney to like know nothing about that so that they can cover your ass as best mm-hmm. and keep stuff confidential and whatever. And like attorneys are really not supposed to commit yeah. crimes. Obviously, obviously this guy is a criminal yes. or whatever, but he was just driving me crazy. He was also like a, he was my, like half a butler, half an yeah, attorney. Yeah, he was half a butler, <laughs> half attorney. So that's why it seems like he got his roles mixed up yeah. and confused. But I was just like, I was just like, you don't do that. You got to get somebody yeah. else to do it. The That's lawyer true. is not the right not person. He's not the right guy. And especially because um, he, he took more of the money for it. Like, yeah. look, he was his own downfall. He was unethical in so, yeah, so many, many ways. ways. In so many ways. Um, do we have other, like, Nicolas Cage moments to cover? I, I guess the stuff that I thought was weird, like... Oh, I was trying to say his haunted watching. That's where I got distracted of talking about like someone. It seems like someone is watching him at some point. Mm-hmm. But we're always you and I discussing how Cher and the director of Moonstruck said like he's the most haunted person we've mm-hmm. ever met or whatever. And like, like he does haunted watching. Yeah. Just like watching people with like, and it's not over the top abject horror. Like I think when he's first watching the snuff film, and he's like he flinches when she gets punched, and he's covering his face. And I thought it was a little, little over the top. But when he's doing like really still haunted, horrified watching, yeah. I'm like, oh, I buy yeah. it. Yeah. Did you have other? No, other... I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty set. No. I, I, Whoa. Well, okay. Let me see. I, 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 I'm like, I'm like. Let's talk about Nicolas Cage some more. But okay. Uh, I think we. I think I got into it mainly when I was like, it. he's a leading man in this. Like he, uh, he pushes the story forward, and we kind of follow him on the journey into the descent. Like, at up up top, you don't really know what the movie's gonna be about. Like when the creepy music is playing, I wrote on my thing, "Knives Out, Murder Mystery." When he's like going up to the mansion. Hey. But I just, I feel like you're talking about the movie again more. I'm just trying to talk specifically about oh. Nicolas Cage, you know? Yes, well, I, okay, but, so I guess what I was thinking, I'm like, oh, what kind of movie is this going to be? Is this going to be where he's going to play a really fun detective? And I'm like, no, it's not a movie where he plays a fun detective. He plays a serious, straight, like, detective who goes into a terrible world. And I think we are, I think what he does well and what succeeds is that he's able to take us on that journey with him and we see ourselves through him in this movie as if the viewer would also be driven mad towards the end. Okay. I just feel like you're overlaying the plot and the story of the movie with but what, I think when I'm trying to talk plot. about I think his he's, performance. That's the performance. I, I'm just, performance I was just trying to talk about the like the minutia of the performance. You're going really broad performance and plot together. That's that's your right. <laughs> that's your right. Okay. You, you you want to rate? <laughs> Let's get into the ratings. All right. Um, so we'll rate it out of the movie out of five stars. Nicolas Cage out of ten cages. Five for technical, five for creative. What he brought versus what he delivered. You're so eager. Tell me then. I'm so torn between like a 3.5 or a 4 on this movie. Seven is a better movie that is equally dark and is just better made. And I think maybe some of that is David Fincher directed that. And I think they wanted David Fincher for this movie. And I think this one's Grizzlier. It's still good. I think this is actually a well-made film. Four stars or 3.5. Even with that, would not recommend if this, like, didn't sound interesting to you. Like, I'm not like saying you gotta watch this movie. Like I did with Raising Arizona or something. 
You Brains don't, in Arizona was your favorite movie that you, you don't need love. to you don't <laughs> you don't need to watch this. But if you like neo noir thrillers and that gets you going, it's pretty good. The suspense like it drives you. Like I was, I was like nervous. Like I don't know the last time I really felt this nervous in a movie. Cage, frick, I'm gonna give him a nine out of ten. Like I think technically he is on point. I think he plays it. He plays his role in this. He showed up to work and he did his job extremely well correctly and i think creatively it's a four because i think it was initially supposed to be russell crowe and it was going to be a smaller budget and then he said i want to do this movie and they made it a bigger budget film for him and with him with they him. were able to use him to they were able to, yes, studio yes, backing. yes thank you um and i think he like prepared and he's like i want to do this and i'm interested in this movie and i think that's four stars there so nine for cage cool um, I say 3.5 movie. I was like, this is a totally decent film. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be in a hurry to watch it again or Whatever. necessarily <laughs> tell, tell people to check it out. Um, Nicholas Cage, he's definitely getting a minus one on the technical for that awkward whispering phone call. I really didn't like that. Um, and I'm going to give him a minus one on the creative because sometimes I, I'm I maybe I, maybe I'm being too sensitive to this but sometimes the way he talks to women <laughs> I'm like I thought he was so gentle with that mom or are you talking about his wife I'm talking about his wife <laughs> I'm talking mostly about his <laughs> wife and and the phone calls with the old lady I, like some sometimes they were just like they were that classic style of movie phone call where you're not giving any time for the other person to say anything like obviously there's no one on the other line but you also are not doing it any favors um so my dock him dock docked, him. docked for that uh but i did think it was a really solid strong performance and so i'll keep with the eight I eight for eight 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 oh eight for eight um and i just want to one last little rant about it, about the end. His last lines in the movie are, save me, mm-hmm. which he says, I believe, to his wife. And so we are, once again, the classic trope we see of these, like, thriller action movies, men making movies, being like, oh my god, exploring the self or whatever. I'm like, all you do is explore the ego, return home, and beg a woman to save you <laughs> and fix you. Like, you have some crazy, <sighs> twisted adventure... And then go home and be like, oh, please let there be some woman to save me. And it's ridiculous. I mean, that's, look, I go out, I do improv comedy, and then I come home and I go, Christina, am I funny? Now you know how we feel about the movie. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Question. Send the emails to Question at pod, cageoldquestionpod at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast. Feel free to throw five-star review our way. And All I want for Christmas is some five-star reviews. Let me tell you, we are at 16 five-star reviews. Wow. There are There are seven. There's a week till the new year. What if we can get to 20, folks? We're wow. talking four people who haven't reviewed. Go out, give it a five-star rating, and maybe drop a review. We're trying to get to 20 ratings by 20. 23. That'd be huge. If <laughs> you do huge. it, I'll give you a little kiss for the new year. Kiss for the new year from Christina. You heard it here live. <laughs> Christina, Christina kiss. All I want for Christmas is a kiss from Christina. <laughs> for our next episode, we're watching the 1990 film Bringing Out the Dead. We hope you'll watch with us and listen in. Signing off, this is Christina. And our two Nazareth. We're asking you the, the cage old question. question. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire!
I'd like to take his his face. Oh. Oh, oh, no, not the beat! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny.